And she's looking me right in the eye as she's eating this Portuguese tart. And she says, oh, these are so fresh. They're so delicious. Robert, you should have one. And then she looks at me and says, oh, yeah, sorry, you can't. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Robert, top of the morning to you, top of the morning to you. But it's the afternoon, it's not morning there, my friend. Top of the afternoon to you, top of the afternoon to you. Robert, you know it's not a very good day that we're doing this, because it is a special day, and you know that I'll probably be imbibing later on this evening, right? But we do have a Pints and Pews podcast to get through, correct? Correct, correct. And I hope you've got the leprechaun out of your machine there, my friend, because this is our second go at this already. Yeah, well, I'm just a little bit disappointed looking right at you. As you can see, I'm very much in the Irish tradition today on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, and I'm, I'm not seeing much green on you. It's what day today? Green with envy, maybe, but it's March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Didn't you get the memo? I thought it was March 17th, the feasts of St. Uh, Gertrude of Nivelle. No. I, w- I was going to have myself a nice uh, Trappist, Belgian Trappist <laughs> ale you know, to commemorate the feast of St. Gertrude today. I was going to have some meat today, but you never got me permission to, unlike our American counterparts, of which I was down visiting with them for the last week, many of the dioceses have special permission to eat meat today on St. Patrick's. We didn't get that up here, did we, Robert? Although you did try. I will. Kudos to you. I did send out a couple feelers to the archdiocese and never heard back from them. Now, I didn't go through any official channels. I went through social media, and so maybe they were waiting for something uh a little less in the public eye as that. So no chocolate mice today for St. Gertrude? No, no chocolate mice. Bacon and cabbage. In this case, just cabbage. Just Just cabbage. Just cabbage because it's on a Friday. Overboiled cabbage is the the main entree for today. Now, if you were going to have bacon with that cabbage, I'm sure it would be female Mm, bacon then to mm, uh, celebrate our great Canadian saint today, Saint uh, Gabriel Lallemand, who was one of the Jesuit Jesuit martyrs. Right. I did not know that. Same day as St. Patrick. It's a hard day to... It's secondary saint, eh? I don't want to say secondary saint, but you know what I mean? It's such a tough Well, at at this point, I think St. Patrick is the tertiary saint. He's the third one down the list, is he not? Is that right? Well, after you go St. Gertrude and St. Gabriel, then we finally get I to St. Patrick. I always go St. Patrick first on St. Patrick's Day. I, there could be 20 saints on this day. It's always St. Patrick first. You know that, Robert. Okay, let's pour ourselves a beer. Let's pour ourselves a beer. So what do you have there, sir? Well, I had, thought I had Guinness, but of course I didn't because I drank all my Guinness in Florida. Just got back from a beautiful week in Boca Raton, Florida. Flew in yesterday late, late, late. That's why... Uh, I'm a little bit tired today, Robert. I say, I how, are things, how are things in Del Boca Vista? Del Boca Vista? Boca Raton? Del Boca? <laughs> I, I did watch a few Jerry Seinfeld episodes while I was down there, but Del Boca Vista, but it's so funny down there. Great, beautiful. The weather was great. Everything was great. We had a great time. Drivers are a little crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I, You know what? When you're a pedestrian down in Boca Raton, you take your life into your own hands. Be careful. Keep an eye on the traffic. Because if you're trying to cross and they're making a right-hand turn, 
they ain't stopping. They ain't stopping. A little well, bit of warning for our listeners. I, I was spiritually with you down in Boca Raton because we, we watched a few episodes of the Golden Girls. Oh, of so. course. Yeah, that's from Miami. Not too far away. Absolutely. But Miami. so I didn't have a Guinness, but I did pick up another beer that's kind of like American-like. So I thought since I was in Florida for a week, we're back, back to bad weather. Little, no, at least there's no snow, Robert. At least we didn't fly into snow, just a little bit of rain. Now, well, you brought the Irish sunshine with you. Yeah, that's the right. Irish sunshine, that's for sure. So what are you putting in your Guinness glass, sir? I'm putting a, uh, I think you've had this on the show before, Naughty Neighbor, American style IPA. I don't think I ever America. have. I thought I maybe one time. No, okay. So I thought I'd get that in light of being down in Florida for a week, enjoying myself immensely. <laughs> In the beautiful Florida sunshine. Now, with the you and neighbor, we can tell that's a Canadian beer. So who yes, who, uh, who brews that? Because with that's the you and the and neighbor, we know it's Canadian and not American in and of itself. I know. So it's probably like a. Do you have my glasses? Nickelbach, Nickelbrook Brewing Company, Nickelbrook. I've enjoyed some of their beers. So yeah, no. Have you? Uh, where are they out of uh, Robert? I don't even know. Burlington, they're out of Ontario. the. Bo- they're out of the bottle shop. They're out of the GTA, just west of Toronto in Burlington, Ontario. Okay, very cool, very cool. And what do well, you have, sir? Sir, uh, in light of today's festivities, nice. I got myself a nice harp lager. I, what? I didn't fill up to the Guinness. I oh. just I wanted something a little bit light and crisp. It's funny. I was drinking Guinness in, you know, Guinness, this stout, warm kind of... I was drinking it in the heat of the Florida. So I was really enjoying it down there. But harp is a beer that when I did go... One of my trips in university to Ireland, that was the beer I was drinking regularly. I really like Harp. I I, I don't know how it is out of the can. Does it have a little widget like the Guinness does? Is there a widget in that or no? No, there's no, no widget, widget in that. Okay. So it's just a, a, a nice, crisp, That's a nice clean Looks good. lager. Cheers. So, cheers, my friend. But uh, you said you're going to be on Grace for us. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Do I take off my uh I must You take can leave your Tamil Shanter on no, there. My Tamil Shanter hat. Can I get a picture before I take it off? Okay, let us begin. I guess you can tell us what the harp is, but I know pretty well. Let me take off my hat here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mind you, being down in Florida didn't do much for me in terms of thinking about retirement, Robert, because as you know, there's a few retirees down there. You you were culturally right in there. I could get used to this lifestyle. Cheers to St. Patrick's and all the other great saints. St. Patrick, St. Gertrude, and St. Gabriel. Gabriel Lallemand. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, nice and crisp and clean. But next time, let's not do it so early at 9 a.m. No, no, joking. We're not doing it that early. We'd have to have a coffee, an Irish coffee. Maybe we should do that one of these days is just have a a coffee and pews or something like that. Speaking of coffee and pews and pints and pews, I see you put a hat on. Are we running low on the hats there, Robert? Anybody Uh, get that last... I know it's no, still time. I think we, we still have a few of those hats, but yeah, no, we do have our, our great hat giveaway. Yeah, in celebration of our fiftieth episode, 
So yeah, continue to encourage our listeners to swing by the Facebook page. Uh, it is pinned to the top of the Facebook page, that post, but I've reposted it a couple of times. So anywhere you see the picture for the hat giveaway, drop a comment with your favorite Pints and Pews episode, and we'll enter you into the draw to win one of our great Pints and Pews ball caps. And it doesn't come with the green hair like Dennis's Tam O'Shanter. Maybe one of the Rhode Islanders will will answer your is that what you call a native of Rhode Island or Rhode Islander? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, no, all of a sudden we got big in Rhode Island. So we got big. Uh, <laughs> it's like, does it, to... play in, does it play in Peoria? Is it big in Rhode Island? Yeah. There Must be go. all your relatives down there, Robert. Is it or what? More than likely. More than likely. I mean, I didn't know that we had that many relatives to get so many people listening in the first place. Well, I know there was a number of French Canadian settlers that settled just over the border. I don't think it was Rhode Island, but it was in Vermont. It was more in, more in Vermont, Vermont in, in uh, Massachusetts. And at the, yeah, in northern Massachusetts, at the turn of the century there, right? Working in the mills and stuff like that. Well, exactly. Uh, another great Canadian saint had did that, uh, Saint-André de Montréal, spent some time working in the mills in uh, okay. New England. So New England, yeah. Uh, another great Catholic, French-Canadian Catholic connection. But thinking of all these things, uh, how's your Lent going there, my friend? Uh, pretty good. Not bad. The fasting and the abstinence. I was hoping for a piece of meat today, but I never got that. So I had a hard-boiled egg instead. Um, good. Good. I, I went to a beautiful church down in... Actually, Robert, I wanted to talk to you about the beautiful Catholic church I attended in Boca Raton. And we spoke about this, I think, before. I don't know if it's been on the show or maybe with one of our guests in how... You know what? You go in and you almost think that although it is a Catholic church and it's a Catholic mass, it very much appeals to a southern U.S. maybe type of church. And in terms of there was a couple of, you know, big screen TVs on either side of the church on either opposite ends of the altar, just for the words of the readings and all the songs. This, the you know, it wasn't a choir. It was more like uh it was like the congregational band. singing. Oh, it was, it was like a, a rock yeah, band they, or folk Not band. a rock band. No, it was, it was, you know, more praise and worship music, but they had a number of different instruments that, you know, incredible and incredible cantor. And, um, you know, it just, it struck me as, a, and the seats were the most comfortable, you know, pews in Catholic churches are not supposed to be comfortable. Rare. These were the most comfortable seats I had ever sat on in the Catholic church. So I just thought to myself, I remember one of our guests, I don't know, it was Keith Nestor, somebody saying how, a lot of these churches do have to, I don't want to use the word compete, but they do have to kind of bring out that more, I don't know, a little bit more raz, razzmatazz. Am I wrong in saying that or what? Because I just yeah, felt, and, 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 what and you're the whole saying church. Yeah, they're trying to be culturally appropriate, I guess, for that's well put. southern United States. But you're saying all of that and them wanting to be culturally appropriate and you know, attractive, entertaining as yeah, entertaining these beautiful, uh, you know, glass doors as you enter the second set of doors as you come in, and a complete room off to the side for babies yeah, but, behind. And it wasn't even; it was kind of it was almost semicircle, and it's you know one of those churches where you can see on either side. But as you're saying that, it's reminding me. I actually saw a quote from Pope Francis, who actually just recently celebrated his tenth anniversary as the Pontiff. That's right. But there was a, a quote from Pope Francis to the to the German Church actually, mm -hmm. um, 
about a year or so ago, as they were going along the Synodal Way, and Pope Francis, he said, there already exists a Protestant church, we don't need another one, mm. right? And so often, as Catholics, lately anyways, I'm finding, is that we're going out of our way to be Protestant-like so that we can be attractive and entertaining, uh, as opposed to being Christ-centered, worship-centered, right? Uh, that's just my own humble observation on those things. No, that's but, a good point. And I had a hard time look. I was searching at the front there as I was looking around, looking for the tabernacle, and I, I couldn't really see it like clearly. And I think the whole architecture as well, too, that I, you know, I'm looking for the stained glass windows. I didn't see any. I mean, lovely church, lovely people, great priest, great homily. So, I mean, all the, all the stuff was there for the mass. And, and that's the most important thing, Robert. But you, you get a sense as you walk in, boy, this is so comfortable. This is so, this is so nice. This is so pretty. And the architecture is just, you know, so modern, if you will. Yeah, and that comes back to one of the quotes that we had on the show a couple episodes ago when we were talking about uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and his comment that you know you weren't made for comfort, you were made for greatness, mm. right? Absolutely. And and that brings us back to Lent. Our Lent isn't supposed to be comfortable. Our our Lent is supposed to be filled with trials and tribulation. And that's what makes it difficult. And that's where I get angry. And that's one of my quotes today about anger, Robert. I know you've got the quotes lined up. But exactly that. And I think to myself, you know, I, I'm coming home. It's late. There's nothing to eat here. I had some cereal. I had a hard-boiled egg. It's, you know, the middle of the afternoon. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, first of all, probably a third of the world does this every day. You know, they Suck don't have up, enough buddy. tea. Yeah, exactly. That's the, I think we get, we've gotten too comfortable in North America, correct? Oh, for sure. Very, for sure. very much so. And when it comes to Lent, I think we're coming out of probably the most difficult week of Lent Good point. Going March, March break. Yeah. Because I find when we're at That's school, right. when we're at work and you're routine. in that normal routine, it isn't as difficult than opposed to like you were just down in Florida on holidays. Mm -hmm. So to be away on holidays, it's going to make Lent that much more difficult it was because really you're surrounded difficult. by those temptations. Right. Especially when my wife buys this beautiful key lime pie on like the Saturday, I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm going to have a piece on the Sunday, even though I gave up desserts. I'm going to do the old feast on the Sunday just because I. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. I completely understand that. I mean, did the same thing myself where last Sunday we celebrated my sister's 50th birthday. So, you know, yeah, I had a slice of birthday cake. Uh, along with that. But the rest of the week, I mean, you want difficulties with, with fasting. I spent the week with my Portuguese in-laws, right? Where all it is, is, you know, eat, eat, eat. And at one point, my mother-in-law sitting there at the table and it's time for dessert. And she has one of the pastel quejeranatas. So like the, the Portuguese custard tart, right? Which are my absolute favorites. And she's looking me right in the eye as she's eating this Portuguese tart. And she says, oh, these are so fresh. They're so delicious. Robert, you should have one. And then she looks at me and says, oh, yeah, sorry, you can't. And then later that night, as we're going through the evening, we're sitting again at the table and she pipes up, so who wants Portuguese donuts? And then she looks at me, oh, yeah, that's right, not you. And there was almost, a, I think, a little twinkle in her eye as she was uh, doing this. So, uh, no, lots of fun, but a you know, very, very difficult week 
when it comes to Lenten sacrifice when we are out of our routines? I almost think beer would have been easier in that, uh, you know, other than this, uh, you know, the the uh, Pints and Pews podcast and, you know, the weekend, but it's much more difficult when you're giving up sweets or snack foods and stuff like that, because you're just so used to imbibing when you get home from work or, you know, you're like you say, you're on holidays and stuff. So it's funny. I, th- I thought the beer would have been more difficult, but it looks like this is just as, just as challenging. But good on you because, again, like we said, Lent's not supposed to be easy. You're not l- looking True. to to make a, an easy 40-day journey. You want to yeah. pick something that is going to to give you that bit of a pinch. Right. Not, not so good because there's still, what, two, three, three? We're about halfway left. there. Yeah, halfway. Okay. So, sir, you uh, sent to me this great little article from Father Ron Rollheiser, mm-hmm. right? Entitled "Tomorrow and Tomorrow." Now, where did you f- <laughs> Where did you find that that I article? Knew, because well, you I sent knew. it to me, but I don't I don't have. I think it was in the from. Catholic Register in in Toronto uh, in the January or February edition, and I had just been perusing it while on retreat the kids and um i thought what a great article it summed mm-hmm. it up nicely mm-hmm. robert of course it's been a couple of weeks since i send that so you'll have to uh refresh myself and the listeners as to what the gist of that article was so the title itself tomorrow and tomorrow actually comes from the confessions of saint augustine so mm. it, it's not you know father rollheiser's words of his own okay and he talks about how, and from St. Augustine, that notion of that each and every day, it seems like we're going through uh, the same trials and tribulations, the same temptations, and we're stumbling at the same spots, and we're mm-hmm. you know, falling, and we're not following through day in and day out. And he comes back to another great uh, St. Augustine quote, where St. Augustine says, you know, Lord, make me a good and chaste Christian, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that comes back to St. Augustine's life prior to his conversion, where he was uh, quite the womanizer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, liked his drink, liked his women. Uh, he liked everything right. that the world had to offer. And right. he started to know and get to know the, the Christian faith and get to know Christ. And I was like, okay, yeah make me chaste but just just not yet just not yeah. right now and i think he's he he spoke in that article about us in general how we're always going to do things and yet they almost inevitably often don't get done because we can't we're putting it off and off and off and that was kind of something that you know i thought really resonated with me i, I know you do a lot with your church robert but i thought you know i need to speak to the priest and which i will be shortly our, our parish priestess to see, you know, just about, I think it's good to have it. We spoke about this before spiritual direction. I know you've had spiritual direction in the past, but it's not the same as confession. I mean, confession is there for a purpose. It's a great sacrament available to us, but, you know, speaking to a priest, just about how life is going, you know, what things we could do better, you know, is that malaise setting in and we, you know, do we kind of, are we going through the routine of a life type thing? And I think that's something that I think he was speaking about in that article, like, you know, oh, we could do a better job and we're not. And it's a lot of people. Yeah. We want to do a better job. We want to. 
we want to take that next step in our faith life, but I'm kind of comfortable in my cushy pew down here in Florida right now. Yeah, 100%. I don't necessarily want to get up and, and do that. And so, yeah, Father Rollheiser does go through that, and he has this you know, line, you know, yes, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Or, Lord, make me a more mature person and Christian, but not yet. Yeah. Right. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good person. I want to live more by the faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I still want my creature comforts. Kind of what you were just saying. I want to be less lazy and less selfish mm-hmm. and more gracious to others. Yes. But I don't want to give up my evenings in front of the television. Mm-hmm. Right. Not to say that that's what you're doing. I'm just no, talking no, in, gener- in general. I, I know what you here, mean, right? but it's just, it's so well written. And it just, I think it speak. a lot of people could really relate to that article. Yeah, and he goes on to talk, continuing along that same venue. I want to give up gossip and slander, but oh, mm-hmm. it's so much fun at the staff room mm-hmm. table, right? Mm-hmm. And that whole notion of yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. And also the the notion he writes about in there is that we tend to fall back into the same state of sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Right? And as I was reading it, uh, I thought of the the Greek mythology of Sisyphus, where he's rolling the boulder uphill every day, mm-hmm. only to have to start again at the bottom of the hill the next day. In a lot of ways, that's the way our Lent feels. That's mm-hmm. the way trying to live the Christian life feels, is that we're trying to roll the boulder of our sinfulness and get rid of it. But each morning we start off again kind of following into the the same routine of of sinfulness. And it reminded me of another great book that I've read called Saints Behaving Badly. You know, Mm -hmm. how the, you know, these saints like St. Augustine were very much in the world and part of the world and enjoying the world, but just couldn't get themselves out of the rut. They knew they were made for more. They knew they were made for greatness. But man, it's kind of comfortable right where we are right now, isn't it? It is comfortable. You know, we're eyeing retirement in the eye and, you know, thinking to yourself, we're blessed to have a pension at the end of the day and and do things that, you know, a lot of people aren't able to do. But you can get comfortable in this life, Robert, absolutely 100%. Oh, for sure. Remember, there's more to it than just our material needs. And then in the the article, and I wanted to read this for our listeners, mm-hmm. and I will post the link for the, the article up in the yeah, show notes, good, good. but I wanted to read this prayer, and it comes from St. Ephraim the Syrian, who was a contemporary of St. Augustine. And he wrote a, a prayer kind of along the same lines as what St. Augustine was saying with, you know, Lord, make me a good and chaste Christian, but not yet. Mm-hmm. So here are the words of St. Ephraim. Oh, my beloved, how daily I default and daily do I repent. I build up for an hour, and an hour overthrows what I have built. At evening I say, tomorrow I will repent, but when morning comes, joyous, I waste away the day. Again, at evening I say, I shall keep vigil all night, and I shall entreat the Lord to have mercy on my sins. But when the night is come, I am full of sleep. So again, just that notion of mm, that there, there's that willingness or there's that desire yeah. to take the next step, but we just can't seem to get ourselves going. 
Well, I guess that's a glass half full, though. At least there's desire on 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 the part in, in many aspects of this article on us, on many of our listeners, the desire. So maybe we just need, you know, some help along the way, some guidance, some prayerful life, and yeah. maybe we'll get there. And we can come back to the words of Christ uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Mm-hmm. When he's talking to the the disciples, the apostles who have fallen asleep, but he says, you know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Flesh is weak, yeah. Right. And, and and maybe we'll get to all these things uh, once we retire. No, I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> we, can't, we can't keep putting those things off. No, no. But again, this is where Lent comes into play. And our fasting mm. is designed for us to overcome the flesh. It's a way for us to master our earthly desires, a way to master our, our fleshly desires, whether it's gluttony or lust mm-hmm. or combination of the two, but it's through fasting and that's so what's through having a hard boiled egg for lunch instead of a mm-hmm. big meaty steak done medium rare with the right seasoning sizzling mm. as it comes off the barbecue, mm. right? By turning to the hard boiled egg and putting maybe a little bit of ketchup on it, you're mastering the desires of the flesh to help with the desires of the spirit. Is so it good on you. Is, is it bad that I'm thinking of a second hard-boiled egg once <laughs> the show is done? Just a little bit. I put a little bit of salt on it, but not, not ketchup, but anyhow, yeah. Next time it goes without salt. Well, listen, there you, you have go. a couple of uh, great little uh, quotes here. Actually, I have one and you have one, so we have two together. Um, since you put yours first down, why don't you um, talk about yours? Who are one of our favorite saints, Robert, the patron saint of parish priests, the yes. curé, the curé d'Ars, the curé d'Ars, yeah, curé d'Ars. You yeah, just they, like saying Ars. They, they might think I'm f- French, curé d'Ars. Hey, the French person. Your du- your Duolingo is finally paying off, there, my friend. After five hundred days, yeah. So, I, I would have been better off with Spanish in South Florida, right? Because obviously there's a lot of Spanish-speaking people. That would have been a great second language to have down there. But anyhow. My experience with that is the same as with the French, is that it's a very different dialect than the Spanish over in Europe. Oh, okay. And and same the with same the with, with the French, Quebec, Canadian, Quebec and, and European mm-hmm. French. But you know, the Saint-Jean-Vianney, the Saint-Curie d'Ars, and it kind of ties into what we were just Just saying, about, yes. Right? While we are living, it is never too late to repent. Yes. Right. And it's, yeah, at that moment of death, when we face judgment and we mm-hmm. come before the Lord, at that time, it's too late. Right. But while but you think of living, all the great saints, Robert, you think of all the great saints in our, you know, the 2000 year history, or just people who, who've come to the faith late or decided, you know, the life they were living at the time was not a life that was, you know, what they wanted to, and they just decided to change their ways. And that's, you know, that can be any time, right? The only thing about that, it's never too late, absolutely, but we don't know when our time is up. That's the thing too, right? So we can say, oh, we'll put it off as as we mentioned in Father Ron's uh, article, but yeah, we don't yeah. know when that's going to happen. And can look to put it off like St. Augustine, you know, make me chase, but just not now. Mm-hmm. But no, we need to come to that repentance while we are still living to be able to receive the promise of our Lord of eternal life. And like you said, we don't know when that moment is coming, but 
it doesn't matter at what stage of our life. I mean, the sooner the better. Right. Obviously, Always the sooner right. the yeah. better. We're not saying to put off repenting. We're not saying to put off going to confession. If anything, Lent no. is the perfect time to get to confession, uh, which is coming up uh, in the Archdiocese of Toronto. Usually during Holy Week, there's yep. the, the Lenten day of confession where the pastors will spend the day in the confessional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you should look up your local parish. What is the, the time for confession uh, and get yourself there? obviously as soon as possible because again yeah it's never too late to repent and that reminds me of christ's parable of the workers in the vineyard and how some start at the crack of dawn others come mid-morning others at lunchtime some mid-afternoon and a few show up right before quitting time but they all get paid the same wage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i know i've shared this story i don't know how many times I think I've shared it on the podcast. I know I've shared it elsewhere for sure. And I have shared it with yourself. Uh, The experience of my own father, Mm -hmm. who he wasn't a religious man. He was brought up French Canadian Catholic. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was an altar boy. Uh, He made sure we got to church for the most part. Uh, When my sister and I became teenagers and life kind of went all over the place, Mm -hmm. those wheels fell off for the whole family. No, he, my dad wasn't a religious man. And if anything, there were times he would make fun of my faith. Okay. But when he went into palliative care and he was on his deathbed, uh, we did get the local pastor come in for the anointing of the sick for the last mm-hmm. rites. And I remember my dad struggling through the morphine haze to follow the sacrament and to pray the sacrament along with Father. And the second last word I ever heard my father say was at the end of the sacrament, he lifted his head up off the pillow and he said, Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I get Hilarious. goosebumps every time I tell that story. And that's our hope. And that's that notion of while we're living, it's never yeah. too late to repent. And he was the guy that showed up like 30 seconds before quitting time, but he still got a full day's pay. Absolutely. doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Yeah. And, and that's our hope. And my understanding, my wife's uncle just passed away in the last week. And my understanding, uh, he was a very faith-filled man, but he was able to, when he was in palliative as well, receive the anointing of the sick, receive viaticum, which was one of your first words for me in uh, what is the church is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, just that that ability to repent, make amends, ask for forgiveness, while we are still living it's a it's a beautiful that's thing nice. and, it, yeah, and it's it a great thing nice. that yeah. our, our church that our lord offers us i think so it's great too yeah. i could go on for days about this subject so but i know uh you want to get to your own quote well and i think i'm, so, I'm hoping it's an irish saint that you've got for well, us no because this is has to do with me you know getting cranky sometimes sometimes uh, because because of uh lent and because of fasting. not having your steak yeah yeah because not having your steak and 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 sometimes i do this i do this with my wife children friends and I, i've got to be more careful and this this whole article was from uh the messenger of saint anthony which you of mm-hmm. course get robert or your wife gets on a regular basis and it's let go of anger and the first quote is from one of your favorite saints saint john chrysostom no matter how just your words may be you ruin everything when you speak with anger once again, no matter how just your words may be, you ruin everything when you speak with anger. And I think that's, you know, the case sometimes we want to, 
you know, reprimand people or we want to, but we do it in such a way that isn't loving, isn't kind of bringing them in. It's kind of maybe pushing people away because we're reacting in anger. And there was a couple of quotes that followed that all about anger. You know, anger is that powerful internal force that blows out the light of reason, which was a, a secular person, Ralph Waldo Emerson. But I just thought that quote was a good one. No matter how just your words may be, you ruin everything when you speak with anger. Yeah. And anger is a God-given emotion. Right. So there is good that can come out of anger if it's harnessed properly. Right. Right. And so that comes back to what you're saying with your quote. If it's not harnessed properly mm -hmm. and we let our tongue fly and we let our words fly, it can do yeah. a lot of damage. All right. Christ himself got angry. All right. He was flipping over tables and chasing people with yeah. a loop of cords, but it was a just anger. Right. Right. And no. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't know how many times I've come out of a discussion about the faith where I did get frustrated and I was yes. getting angry and I made a comment about some aspect of the faith, which was less than charitable mm. and realized afterwards, instead of drawing that person closer to the faith, I've pushed them away. You pushed them away. Mm -hmm. All right. Proverbs say from the same article, a fool lets fly with all his temper, but a wise person keeps it back. And I think, yeah, sometimes I got to, you know, just take a time out, maybe count, count in my head 10 seconds or something like that, or go back to the situation later on. But yeah, I think we've all done that over the years. Maybe we regret the times we flew off the handle. And of course, me being Irish, the Irish temper, not the stereotype Robert, but it is there. But I don't see it. Okay. I yeah, don't and I don't see it, see it with you. And, I mean, there's the, the odd time, the I think, ones. Yeah. I think there's been the odd time with each other. We've been yeah, maybe a little time. bit brusque. And yeah. whenever that happens, it gives me a chance to kind of step back and go, yeah, I've pushed too far because yeah. I, yeah. And I you can, always do that. I can, if you I ever can, do that, you're always quick to say later on, hey, I'm sorry. if I stepped over yeah. a line and yeah, it's just yeah. having that humility to recognize that. But yeah. you're right. Like you were just starting to say, it's so often what those who are cl we're closest to, yeah. right? Our, our wives and our children. Children, yeah, 100%. So, but no, that's, but a, that's a beautiful quote. Can you yeah. uh, remind us again, those words yeah, of St. John Chrysostom? Chrysostom, no matter how just your words may be, you ruin everything when you speak with anger. Okay, yeah. so we can be just, but we, we can't resort to anger, which many of us do. And myself, I'll put myself at the top of that list. But anyhow, we need a drum roll. Let's give it to us, Robert. What in the church is that? Okay, I got a couple I couldn't decide. I was thinking about it all week. No, I totally forgot about it. And when he, I looked at the show notes about five minutes before we get on, I said, I got to think of a couple. I don't know. I don't know which one to do. Let's see. If you get the first one really quick, I might give you the second, but we'll see what happens. And I'll do my best to give you the close notes of my explanation. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's not you know in my what? DNA. You know that we're on a half an hour time frame for just us, and we're on probably Too late. 37 minutes right now. So 45 minutes is a thing. We're already oh. at 45 minutes, buddy. No, we're not. Okay. So what in the church is that? What in the church is the Ambry? A-M-B-R-Y. Oh, I 
think I may have a stump listed. Yeah, you may have stump. a stump. And you've probably seen it. I know you have. I'm, I'm just going to. The Ambry. Is it, in, is it in the church proper, like in the sanctuary, or is it? Would it be found in the in the sacristy? In the sacristy, most likely. Uh, I don't think it's in the same. It could be in the sanctuary, but I think it's in the sacristy. Because I was going to go along the lines as it's related to the ambo, which is where the the word of God is proclaimed from, the ambry. A m b r y. You're going to get a second chance at one, Robert. If I do stump you, just so you know. Yeah, no, you've got me on that. I have absolutely no clue. If you take a good look around your church, you'll most definitely find the ambry. The ambry is the box where the three holy oils are kept. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, you didn't know it had a name. I didn't know it had a name. Okay, this one, next one. I'm now, gonna, oh, one and transition. I'm just trying to think. I don't... You ever heard that being I've, called that? No, and I in my previous parish, I could tell you exactly where it is. But in my current parish... I don't know. I'll have to when I go to mass later tonight. I will have to look yeah. for the ambry and ask. And I think now, do you know what the holy oils are? Chrism. Yeah, and that'd be the only one I'd give you too is the the chrism yeah. oil. But you know, it's the oils that are used in the different sacraments, whether it's for baptism or right. for anointing and it for. Looks like there's a box of three there. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. No, I know exactly what. It yeah. is, and I know, like I said, I remember it from my previous parish, but I don't, I haven't seen it at this one. Okay, well, this one, so, yeah, I didn't you even... got me, so yeah. we'll give you another one. We're gonna, okay, but this one I didn't even know how to name Robert. I'm gonna, it's called either, and I could be mispronouncing stoop or stoup, S T O U P. Wow, again, <laughs> never, and again, this is you see, this is in the church proper as you enter. Would that be the name for the the holy water? That's yeah, yes, he's he, he's batting five hundred. He's never gone over two. And that this was just another, a wild guess. So that's this is another term for the little holy water font you most likely see immediately upon entering the church. It's also really fun to stay to say say. There you go. Yeah, and I'm surprised that there isn't a a pronunciation for. I know, I know, I know. I must looking at that. I would say stoop. But yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, stoop, eh? But I, I didn't want to stoop to that level, but yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, Perfect. Well, eh. those were two really good ones. And yeah, not bad. Yeah. I, and from Epic, I believe, and it's called Catholic Items You See, but probably don't know the names of. I'm going to, you shouldn't have shared me your source. Now I'm going to go through that whole website. No, you don't, because so. there's one more on there that you don't know. You got the rest of them. So can you do that in a. A month's time, so we can do yeah, that last no, one. Th those those right. were good. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll yeah, no, no. The, actually, the next one you would get because you had mentioned about the whole thing with the um, uh, the plumbing going out to the street and stuff. That was the third one I was going to give you. So I think you knew the name of that particular sink, correct? Correct. I do know the name of that particular sink. So and it's called the Sacrarium. Sacrarium. I know it as the piscina. Oh. You've probably seen only seen this one if you've stepped foot into the sacristy. There's a sink that has a drain specially built to go straight into the ground, as opposed to connecting with the rest of the church's plumbing. The name of the drain is the sacrarium. It ensures that any microscopic pieces of the Eucharist, which you had explained, Robert, left on the ciboria or other objects are taken care of properly. Oh, yeah. so maybe there's two names. Could be. I've always known that as the piscina. Now, what was the name that the sacrarium? Okay. 
Now I know the other name for it. Shoutouts. Yes, of course. You know I have one, Robert. Uh, as you know, we just celebrated uh, down in Florida our 25th wedding anniversary. Myself and Paula went out for a lovely dinner. So my shout out to my wife who has stuck around me for 25 years. Robert, that's difficult to believe. You've done it for about 10 years and it's trying your patience. Could you imagine 25? No, I couldn't imagine 25 you, years with you. Can you imagine St. Ellie, tw- Ellie 27, 27 now or 28? Oh, uh, we will be 27 years this coming August summer yeah yeah so yeah so big shout out to Paula for that and uh please God we'll spend another 25 together if I'm back and that's just the blessing of finding the person that God has intended for you absolutely and that's the the, the blessing of marriage so but God bless Paula uh for what she puts up with day in and day day in day out not you know, not Catholic, but certainly puts up with my Pints and Pews podcasts and, you know, myself going to Mass on a regular basis. I'll be very supportive of over the years. The kids were all raised Catholic, so I'm, I've, I've been truly blessed. We've both been truly blessed. But 25 years kind of flew, Robert. Did you find that when you celebrated your 25, 25th years? It's just kind of like... Yeah. Y- yes and no. And I say that because I remember saying the week after Ellie and I got married, I remember saying it's seems like yesterday but it seems like forever all at the same time but in a good way yeah because it's just what was always meant to be yeah absolutely and and we're lucky I, you know i know those people who you know and we all have our ups and downs in marriages for sure and i know those people who struggle in their marriages or, or, or don't make it to 25 years and you know and i i just i just thank god for the fact that you know i'm one of the lucky ones i guess because 25 years is a long time now robert when you yeah. think of all the uh People who separate or divorce in this in this world, right? And, and, the faith. and one of the best pieces of marriage advice that we could give. Mm-hmm. What was your quote from Saint John Chrysostom again? Yeah, a good point. No matter how just your words may be, you ruin everything when you speak with anger. Right, I think that's, that should be a, a lead into marriage prep for the programs yeah. for marriage prep. Right, I mean, communication is key in marriage, but it needs to be done properly. Absolutely, Robert. And you have one too. I have one too, and it's probably not the one you have in front of you on the page. Right. um, Because I didn't have the page in front of me. I completely forgot who my shout out was. Robert, you're turning into me. What's the matter with you? Yeah. But I have (laughs) have a fantastic shout out here. Yes. Uh, It's for Marc Bourdillon. Uh, Mark okay, is... And if you were to say that in English for our English listeners, how would you pronounce that anglicized? Come on, Robert. Boudignan? There we I go. I don't know. Um, but Mark, Mark is actually an editor. He used to work for Salt and Light Media oh, as okay. a, a sound editor. Uh, Mark recently was the editor of film. It's still kind of in theaters a little bit. Uh, Mother Teresa, No Greater Hope. And oh, which you watched this past week while I was in Florida, did you not? Exactly. Church. So it was a week ago, Mark came up for our monthly movie night, uh, got special permission from the Knights of Columbus to screen the movie in our parish, uh, and then did some Q&A afterwards. And what a true blessing, I mean, Mother Teresa, what a true blessing uh, the movie and to mark to to take the questions and talk a little bit about the editing process but also to talk about um, saint Teresa of calcutta 
Uh, whenever you open yourself up to question and answers something like that, uh, he did get a couple that were a little bit out of his wheelhouse or weren't necessarily related, but mm-hmm. uh, you know he he handled them very graciously. But I have to say, if you haven't seen this movie yet, you need yes. to see it. Good. Now, I was expecting a biopic of Mother Teresa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but what it is, it's more of a documentary not just of her life, but a documentary of the work of the Sisters of Charity and and all of the work that Mother Teresa did, but all of the work that they're continuing to do today. Oh, it sounds fantastic. And I have to say, I got a huge dose of perspective. Now, were were they actresses or were they actually... No, it was was documentaries. Film film of, okay. It was film of actual footage of uh, of Mother Teresa herself, but also actual footage of what the Sisters of Charity are doing in the in the world. We talk today. about we talk we spoke about comforts at the beginning of the show, didn't we? Happy in our comforts and stuff. Yeah. And you think what about a lack of comfort there? Well, and, and again, like, I, I firsthand glimpse of this in that uh, you know we're organized every month in our parish on movie night, and we we've done different movies. We did Narnia. Uh, we've done. Uh, the song of Bernadette mm-hmm. and father really wanted this, this movie for Lent. So we, we managed to get Mark in the movie to come out. Normally we get about 12 people that come out to, to movie night. And for this film and for Mark's visit, we got about 50. So when we saw the wow. crowd come in, and for we, not a large parish, that's yeah, a great it number. Was, it was huge. And realized as people were filtering into the hall, we did not order enough pizza. So I'm immediately on the phone to the local pizza place and I'm blowing out before the movie yeah, begins to go pick up a cut and short and stuff like that. Get a couple more pizzas. So did you manage to, to call the guy and get that all squared? Yeah. So I got it all squared, blasted out of there before the movie started, went, picked up the pizza. I'm blowing back into the parish hall, get the pizzas and we go around to the different tables, let people know, okay, there's more pizzas here. So if you want to come and then I you know make sure everybody's got what they, they need get my slices of pizza and my veggies and dip and i go and to six sit- slices go on no it's lent i only had three <laughs> and it was saturday so i could have pepperoni yes. I, I sit down and i go to take my first bite of pizza and there on the screen are the sisters of charity doing physiotherapy for lepers in the slums of calcutta and I'm like, yeah, I'm not hungry anymore. Like, it was such mm-hmm. a dose of perspective. Here I am worried about getting pizza on the plate where out in the world, there are people that you know, they're just worried about getting a hard-boiled egg a day. You know what, Robert, that's that's really nice. And that's a great way to finish. And the fact that we are so blessed and there are so many people in this world who go without. And the fact that you notice that just as you're about to bite into that slice of pizza, how lucky we are. And I think, you know, blessed, and truly and blessed. Absolutely. 100%. And you know what? And that speaks to what we spoke about earlier on with Ron, Father Ron's Rollheiser's article about doing more and not putting it off and these people need help and please well, god well mother teresa said that i think somebody wanted to say mother teresa i want to drop everything and come you know you know help you work with the missionaries of charity in calcutta and she's like no 
there's poor people in your area and yeah, in your right hometown, you in your village. Yeah, work where you are, do the things that you can do, make a difference in your own community. So yeah, and that was my wife's comment after the movie as well. She said like that, just like yeah, need to do something, mm-hmm. need to do something, I need to get out of our comfort zone and and go. And do it. Well, I'm and seeing do it with Father joy. Chris on Thursday, so maybe I'll mention that. If you don't mention it to him before that point, that this would be an excellent movie to get, even after Lent, if if need be, if it might be a little bit tight. I don't know what they're probably booked up solid, but yeah, no. And if you want uh, Mark's uh, contact information, yes, I'll, definitely. I'll definitely get that to you. And the same to yes. any of our listeners who would like to to get Mark out to their parish. Um, he's here in the Toronto area. Uh, but for sure, uh, drop us a line and I'll get you in touch with Mark and then you can see what, what happens there. Good. Thank you. But Dennis, my friend, as always, the time seems to have flown by. Like you said, you wanted to keep it down to half an hour and yeah, you know, that's not, gonna not possible. Not going to happen. But I think we but did But I said good. as well. Yeah, we did well. But I said, oh, I wanted to actually have more than one because it was St. Patrick's Day. But the fact that we didn't have a guest, we were a little bit shorter. So I just had my one pint. It is now empty. It was yeah, excellent. Always a pleasure, both this pint and the conversation, Robert. Especially the pint. I'm thoroughly enjoying my harp on today, the Feast of St. Gertrude and St. Gabriel dans le Mans. And that other guy. <laughs> that other guy. I'm just uh, going to rip my Tam O'Shanter hat off and just throw it on the floor. But especially the pint, Robert. But yes. it's always a pleasure to talk about both our Catholic our Catholic faith as well, which we covered a lot of things today in today's show. Very true, very true. Now, just before we wrap up here, uh, Mr. O'Dennis, uh, perhaps there's one small favorite we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook Drop us a comment on our great Pines and Pews ball cap giveaway. And you can give us a, a shout out there or contact us at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care, Robert. 